other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. We are dealing with news of another dead whale in our area. According to reports from the group Clean Ocean Action from surfers and beachgoers, yet another dead whale has washed ashore this time in Manasquan, New Jersey at the Whiting Avenue Beach. This is an area where we actually have a fair number of listeners. This is the latest marine mammal to wash up dead in the New York or New Jersey area since December 5th, nine dead whales have washed ashore. This is an alarming number of dead whales, and quite frankly, it's unprecedented in the last half century. And the only unique factor, because look, a lot of us are wondering why. Why are all these whales dying all of a sudden? And the only unique factor, as opposed to previous years, is the excessive scope, scale, and magnitude of offshore wind power plant activity in the region. Ocean and marine life advocates are very concerned about the lack of action on either a federal level or a state level being taken to address the deaths of these whales. This is including marine animals that in some cases are endangered or protected. I know the group Clean Ocean Action has been all over this. They're monitoring the situation in Manasquan, and they've been very vocal, as has Congressman Jeff Van Drew and others, about the need for a pause in anything having to do with these offshore wind turbines. I don't think that's too much to ask. Until we can find out what's going on, let's have a pause. How many whales need to die before we hit the pause button? Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Moreno. We spend a lot of time on this radio station talking about the first responders and emergency services in general, and I love that. I'm proud to be part of a radio station that devotes so much time and effort to standing up for the first responders. Well, there's one group of first responders and emergency services in our state that really needs our help, and those are volunteer firefighters. Volunteer firefighters play an essential role all over our state, the state of New York, and I'm sure the state of New Jersey as well, but I'm talking here about the state of New York and the challenges they're facing in terms of dealing with emergencies. Of New York's more than 1,700 fire departments, more than 1,600 of them are volunteer departments. Did you know that? 1,600 out of 1,700. And from 1998 to 2021, the number of volunteer firefighters in New York decreased from 110,000 to 75,000. More than three quarters of volunteer fire departments have fewer firefighters than they did 20 years ago, just as calls increased by 29% in that same time. So we're having more of a need for volunteer firefighters, and yet there's fewer of them to do the job. Governor Kathy Hochul, to her credit, is trying to create a $10 million volunteer firefighter 
training stipend. She also wants to change the law to allow municipalities to provide nominal stipends of their own to volunteer firefighters for emergency response. So they're having hearings on this in Albany this week. I hope they're able to do something. I know a bunch of mayors are going to be uh, looking for funds not only for this, but for a bunch of other needs. This strikes me as something that both the state legislators and municipal governments around the state should make a priority. Our volunteer firefighters are performing an essential service, and we should do what we can as taxpayers to stand up for them because they always stand up for us. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Two pieces of what I consider good news that I want to bring to your attention. An amended resolution approving a later start schedule for high school students this fall was approved by the Board of Education in Ridgewood, New Jersey on Monday. The high school administration working with staff and students will determine the structure for the instructional day and length of class periods within the 8.20 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. parameters. That's what the resolution says. That's for the 2020. 23 to 2024 school year. So the resolution was proposed by the board president, Michael Lembo, and it removed tentative language from the original resolution. So essentially, this is going to move the start time from 7.45 to 8.20 in the morning, and I think this is a very good thing. If there's one thing that all of the medical science has indicated, it's that the circadian rhythms of teenagers are such that their bodies are programmed to stay up later and get up later. And we have these schools with these super early start times. These children are not focused on learning. They're half asleep. They're not awake until the third period. What good is that doing anybody? I think what Ridgewood is doing is a step in the right direction and potentially a model for other school districts in the area. The other piece of good news is this. If you join the 77 WABC VIP Club by downloading the 77 WABC app, or going to wabcradio.com slash VIP. You can enter now for this week's 77 WABC VIP Club Prize, and it's a good one. A personalized and autographed copy of WABC owner-operator John Katzmatidis' new book, How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire. We're giving away great prizes every week, so to join, just go to wabcradio.com slash VIP. Beam me up. To be continued. The other side of midnight. Local spotlight. We are seeing once again that it pays to be a contributor to Governor Kathy Hochul. The New York Post reporting yesterday that real estate bigwigs who dumped hundreds of thousands of dollars into Governor Kathy Hochul's campaign last year are set to win big if her proposed budget gets the green light. That's because the Hochul-backed budget aims to give housing projects until 2030 rather than 2026 under existing law to finish work in order to qualify for the lucrative 421A tax abatement program as long as existing projects had work started by last June. That proposed tweak would benefit at least a dozen developers who gave her campaign 
$564,000 amidst ongoing uncertainty about the future of this 421A program and whether it would get extended in a way that allowed their own projects to move forward. But some of the governor's critics say she ought to be careful. Assembly Republican Minority Leader William Barkley telling the New York Post, the governor should be distancing herself from any appearance of pay-to-play, especially considering recent controversies with donors and state contracts. He's exactly right. It seems like the entire history of the Hochul governorship has been one of the people that give her money getting a whole lot more money. We saw this with the Buffalo Bills. We saw this with the COVID test kits. And we're seeing it again here with 421A. Minority Leader Barkley continued, as the state budget takes shape, it will be obvious if the tax dollars going out have been influenced by the donations coming in. This is the business-as-usual approach that Albany became notorious for. Barkley is exactly right in my judgment. I think there are two fundamental problems here. One is that Albany is giving away too much money in terms of purchasing, in terms of direct aid, and in terms of tax breaks. The other is our campaign finance program. We need to work out something different. I don't know whether it's the democracy vouchers program that we've talked about before or something else, but the campaign finance system as it is now is broken and it paves the way for the super wealthy to get super duper wealthy. Beam me up. To be continued.